the Nerd Watch Podcast. I, of course, am G Money. I am joined by the one and only Professor Barry. Also in studio is Format. And today we are missing one of the tiniest members of the Nerd Watch Nation. And that happens to be Amber. She is oh, out. Oh, she's not here? Well, apparently she's in a Despicable Me 2 coma. Oh. Um, so uh, that she will not be getting out of for the next week. Uh, so unfortunately for her, she is, uh, she is strapped to a chair. Uh, her eyes are, are uh, taped open while Despicable Me 2 plays on the screen. Ta-da! Yeah, all day long. Isn't that amazing? Well, boys and girls, we've come along another week here. Uh, amazing show last week. I got some, a lot of compliments on the show last week. Uh, people enjoyed our conversation about Exodus. They loved that. They loved the show. They thought it was really was really fun. I'm glad we're back doing what we do here. A lot of new stuff coming up uh, here on the show today that we're going to talk about. But uh, first, let's find out how everybody's been doing for the week. Uh, Format, how you been, sir? Uh, doing good. Good? Doing good, yes. Good? Uh, been doing a little writing or uh, anything uh, happening? A lot of writing and a lot of reading. A lot of writing and a lot of reading. Yes, sir. Mm, cool. All right. Uh, reading. And what have you read? Uh, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein. Uh, we were talking about it on the way up here. Uh, Ernest Klein happens to be the man who wrote the screenplay and the story for Fanboys, um, which is a fantastically fun Great movie. movie. Uh, I think that's a very underappreciated gem. Uh, I really think that's a great, great movie. Um, and I really hope people find it or seek it out if you have not seen it. It stars um, uh, uh, the guy who was hot about maybe three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up being, remember that show Man Up on ABC? He was on that thing. Now his name escapes Is me. Dan Fogler? Dan, thank you. Uh, Dan Fogler. Uh, he was in Balls of, Balls of Fury. Balls of Fury. That's another, I think that was another ridiculous yeah, was stupid movie, but it was super fun. Super fun. But anyway, yeah, fanboys, if you've never seen it and you're a Star Trek and or Star Wars fan, you must watch this movie. It is a lot of fun. But uh, Ernest Klein is also a very, uh, 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 is also a very uh, famous author as well. Uh, Ready Player One has been out for quite some time. Uh, it's been described to me, because I have not read it yet, it's been described to me as a cross between uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and what was the other thing? Um, the Matrix. The Matrix. That's it. That's what it was. So uh, you apparently you were telling me on the way up here that you went through that book in two days. Yep. I killed it in two days. It, it really is well written. Uh, I told myself going into it that I was only going to read a couple chapters a day, you know, right before going to bed. Um, needless to say, the way the chapters end... You just want more and more of the story. Right. Like, you just want to keep digging into it. Um, if you are a fan, or grew up, rather, uh, in the 80s, you would love this book. Right. They say there's so many pop culture references. There's so many there things in There is so much. Within, I think, the first half of the first chapter, like the first few paragraphs, there's already a reference to Ghostbusters, uh, Back to the Future, uh Coin-operated arcade machines, uh, just, just, oh my goodness! There's like references to '80s music, just uh, '80s style in general. It's just really, really well done. Wow! All right, I'm gonna have to put that on my uh, my Kindle list for sure. So it is called Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. I'll check that out. All right, Professor Barry, what about you, sir? How have you been for the week? Uh, what you been up to? 
good. Um, I know you're eating dinner. We're, uh, we should. We're, we're at we're in an undisclosed location in their conference room at this point. Here rhymes with hasty lust. Right, hasty <laughs> lust. I love it. Well, They'll never know where it is. That is the name of the show. Hasty <laughs> lust. That's it. Sounds like a very different show. Uh, it does, uh, yeah. but it but it but it totally. It's works, even more it? awkward because Amber's not here. <laughs> it does. It comes a little more awkward. Uh, yeah, three guys. In the yeah, conference yeah. room. Uh, hasty lust. Hasty lust. That's awesome. Anyway, so <laughs> I love it. So, Professor Barry, what have you been up to this week, sir? Oh yeah. <clears throat> I had an article published in Hollywood and Toto, which is this, right. this wonderful site about uh, Bates Motel. Uh, it was a role labor love to write the article. It's basically about how really why a lot of movie to TV transitions don't work. So I kind of went down with the formula, looked at a lot, lot of examples. There's so many examples. Sure. And just kind of talked about why there's no overlap, why they tend to get it like wrong off the bat, and why Bates Motel is not only getting it right, but why I feel like Bates Motel really is the next uh, Twin Peaks in terms of what it's doing thematically. And uh, also just in terms of like creating that that kind of that, that doomed feel that Breaking Bad had, where we love these characters, they are doomed, and we feel hopeless to save them. Right. So anyway, I was thrilled that that, that it got published. It was a, it's one of the longer articles I've written. It, it, um, I did a lot of research, and I wanted to make sure I had all my facts checked. And um, I couldn't believe how many movies have been turned into TV shows. I mean, some isn't of them it ridiculous? Amazing. Like, I mean, I remember, you know, I remember, you know, Blue Thunder. I remember Baby Talk. Luke was talking the show being on, but yeah. like, mm-hmm. I forgot about Uncle Buck. I forgot about Stir Crazy. Uncle Buck was horrible. Stir awful. Crazy was awful. Yeah, and uh, I remember that. And I love the theme uh, to Fast Times, the Ridgemont High, the TV show, because it was done by Oingo Boingo. But I, I watched a little bit on YouTube. It's dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Absolutely As you can imagine, wrong. a, a right. G-rated Fast Times would be. Well, you know, ironically enough, um, Terminator was turned into a television That's right. show. That's another one. That wasn't actually that wasn't too bad. Unfortunately, there, at the time it came out, there I just there wasn't enough of a uh, of a demand to see Terminator. At the point. It wasn't the Sarah Connor Chronicles, as it were. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there has been a, a bu- mash for crying out yeah. loud. Um, mash worked. Buffy worked. Yeah, uh, Buffy worked. I I hated. Can I tell you? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. Uh, I'm gonna divulge a little secret here. I hate the MASH television show. Hate it. I love the Robert Altman movie. Love it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I think that goes on my top ten list. Uh, MASH is an amazing piece of cinema that I think everybody should see. Elliot Gould, Donald Sutherland is in this bad boy. Uh, um, Sally, Sally Kellerman. Kellerman. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sally Kellerman is in it. It's an amazing movie. It is nothing, nothing like the TV show. Um, and the best thing about it, Alan Alda's not in it. So that's that's a plus at least for me, but uh, um, yeah, I, I I'm I'm very interested to read that. Where can people read that? Hollywood <clears throat> in Toto is that correct, sir? Hollywood in Toto or uh, on our Nerdwatch feed? Oh, it's on me. It's on our Nerdwatch feed on, yep. on Facebook.com/slash/Nerdwatch. Fantastic, sweet. So you wrote that article because you have such an affinity for Bates Motel. Is that it right? was? Yeah, Christian Toto, the the wonderful uh, uh, overbearer. What's the word? The the overlord of the site. I'll just use the right. word overlord. Right. He, uh, he, he I like kn- that. That's good. Oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah. He, um, he knows that I'm a big fan of Bates Motel. And he's like, would you consider writing something about it? Because it's got a lot of mixed reviews. And he knew how much I love Psycho. But, you know, Psycho's my favorite movie. So it means a lot to me that they managed to get it right on television. Because, as I'm sure you know, and any child of the 80s knows, there was a Bates Motel TV movie with Bud Court and Jason Bateman that did yes! not work, and it was awful. It was awful. So I was definitely filled with uh, apprehension learning that they were doing another shot at Bates Motel Psycho, the series, but they got it right this time. Well, ironically enough, I mean, the Psycho movie 
is a great Alfred Hitchcock movie. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of I like a lot of his movies, North by Northwest and things like that. But the ones I really relate to are Psycho. I also relate to Vertigo, which is one of my favorites, and that is one that a lot of people don't get. I like Vertigo a lot. And then the last, of course, is um, Psycho, Vertigo, and Rear Window with uh, Jimmy Stewart. So you relate to the ones about psychological disorders. Yes. <laughs> I love the way Rear Window is shot. Yeah. You know? Raymond Burr plays the heavy. That's crazy. It's like, what the heck's going on? I know some of you Nerdwatch guys, you really have to be nerdy to know who Raymond Burr is. He's the American guy that ruined the, the, uh, the American version of Godzilla. You know, that's the guy. He was Perry Mason, it, too. Uh, he, that's true. That's very right. true. <laughs> that's very true, too. So when, when, when we're looking at television uh, shows as opposed to the movies that they're part of, I think Bates Motel is an exception to the rule. Wouldn't you even put Hannibal in that category? I really as well? would. <clears throat> that was another comparison I made because it feels like there's an overlap between the movie and the and the television show in terms of the world. It feels like it exists in the same universe, right. As all those films, and that's one of the things I love about Bates Motel. It's a, it's a modernization, but it seems like it's it's just it's working. The they're the, you know they're using text messages and cell phones. And yet it's not distracting. It feels like this is what it plausibly would be like if the events of, of Psycho took, took place, place in the 21st century. Right, yeah, it right. Just, it works. Took, up, took, up, uh, took place 40 years later. Yeah. Well, ironically enough, you know, speaking of Twin Peaks, I think the world is begging for another uh, Twin Peaks-style mystery uh, thriller, um, psychologically, uh, bending, uh, psychologically bending show. And ironically enough, there is a show on Fox that's coming out called Wayward Pines. So if anybody's interested, they should uh, take a look. Uh, uh, Google Wayward Pines. It is it is Fox's answer to Twin Peaks. It nice. is directly a uh, and it's a direct homage, but with a different story, obviously. But it's a direct homage of it. It's strange. It's a little weird. It, it's uh, it, it has the it has that feel of you like these characters, but yet everybody's quirky and kooky. So I'm really looking forward to it. I, um, uh, Matt Dillon is in it. Nice. Yeah. Is it Matt or is it his brother? Or Kevin? No, it's Matt. Okay, good. No, it's Ke- Kevin. Uh, Kevin is. Uh, he's got the Jufro in the blob, right? <laughs> that's one way to put it. Okay. Yes. 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 Huh. Well, that's what it is, right? No. Uh, anyway, was it that? I don't remember being that. I, I remember being more of like an '80s mullet, like the like the Swayze. Right, but it was but it was, but it was froey. Wasn't it not? Well, when he was on a motorcycle out running the blob, yeah, because all that, because all the wind, you know, with Shawnee Smith on his <laughs> yeah. on the back of his hog. Yeah, that'll make anybody's hair go, you know. I, you're absolutely right. By the way, that's a great movie. By the way, yes, if no one's it is. ever seen it, Russell Mulcahy directed that. Now, are you a fan Chuck of Russell. format? Oh, Chuck Russell. Yes, thank you. Excuse me, not okay. Russell Mulcahy. Chuck Russell. You're right. Um, are a you fan a, of what? Are you a fan of of television shows that kind of stretch reality, like Twin Peaks? Maybe something like Hannibal or Bates Motel. Do you find yourself in that uh, in that uh, space? Do you like those kind of TV shows? Or um, I wouldn't say it like I like them. Like, like I can I can watch them, you know, and I get it. Like I'm not lost or anything when when the you know there's some weird Good twist to it. Lost. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you just you just made one. But uh, yeah, like I don't go out of my way to watch it. Mm. There's just so many things that. <clears throat> Pique your interest more. Right. Gotcha. Were you guys Peaks Freaks when it was on? Because I, I used to watch Twin Peaks with a log. I mean, I was an intense tweak, Twin Peaks fan. I was intense. My family, my family was intense the very first season. We yeah. watched that sucker. We loved it. 
And then we were so into it that we started the first, the second season. And then about five episodes in, we went, what the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah. I said, and then we got kind of turned off by it, where, what the direction David Lynch was taking. Yeah. Um, and from what I understand, it was it was really it was intentional from from my understanding so hmm. i'm really looking forward to reading your piece thank you i'm also looking forward to uh getting a uh, catching up with bates motel because if bates motel is crafting that kind of world like twin peaks i'm in i am totally in so because i have not caught up um, with that i've got so many other things on my plate as it were so i have <laughs> i have bates motel on the on the docket so bates motel will be one that i watch as well um, you still got to watch Hannibal the second season. Yes, I do. Yeah, you still got that on your I plate. I got to catch up before the show comes the back. The show comes back in June, baby. Yep. Anyway, that's uh, that's Leonard Nimoy hailing me from the Starship <laughs> Enterprise. Um, Spock, excuse me. But anyway, uh, now it's on uh, Vibrate. So, Professor Barry, what have you seen this week? You are the professor of movies. Well, what, uh, what was the film that... Uh, Got you out of the house and into the theater this week. Well, unfortunately, it was the Divergent series, colon, Insurgent, uh, the new film in the series. Um, And I really liked the first one. I thought it worked. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the visuals were really striking. Um, I thought it was a little too obviously a tailor-made star vehicle for Shailene Woodley in Mm -hmm. the sense that I feel like, for one thing, she doesn't need a movie like that. I think she's a fine enough actress. She doesn't need, like, this big action movie to to carry her career. She, I mean, she was... She was going to be Mary Jane in the in the in the uh, not Mary Jane no yeah Mary Jane she was going to be Mary Jane in the Amazing Spider-Man uh, two hmm. um, and they completely cut her out of the movie That's right. she shot shots for it everything so you know that I thought that was going to be her big starring her cup well I don't want to say it, I don't mean it this way but that was going to be her coming out party as it were sure. uh, for Shailene Woodley but. Um, Divergent. Never saw it. Have you? Uh, do you? Have you seen Divergent? No. Now, I was kind of turned off because I wasn't a fan of the Hunger Games. Um, same reason why I stayed away from Maze Runner, which I'm going to watch now because you recommended. It's different enough that I think you'll like Maze Runner. But Divergent is like the Hunger Games. It's okay. so much like it. Okay. So now Divergent. Um, do if if I'm coming into it, is it something where I have to see Divergent before Insurgent? Yes. Um, okay. I would be completely lost if I just went and saw Insurgent. Okay. Yeah. So what is it about Insurgent that doesn't stack up to Divergent? It's not suspenseful. There's no tension. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's rather dull at times. Um, none of the performances are very good, even by Shailene Woodley. Really? Um, the movie is so <clears throat> excuse me, it's so enhanced by CGI. The action sequences just don't have any kind of plausibility. Everybody's flying through the air in slow motion. It's, uh, it's not a terribly compelling movie. When it gets to the fantasy sequences, the, the key to the original film is the same here. There's all these sequences in which characters go into a dream state, and they basically go through these challenges and these gauntlets uh, that they have to overcome while they're unconscious. Those are really striking scenes. They're visually cool. But other than that, uh, the movie itself around it isn't very persuasive. It's really depressing watching Kate Winslet and Naomi Watts give two bad performances. These are two magnificent actresses, I think. Mm, yeah. And they're both typically lousy in this film. And I don't know. Really? If just, yeah. I don't know if it was just the material or how they were directed. Um, Shailene Woodley is not a convincing action hero. She has this Tinkerbell cut throughout the movie. 
Um, I've seen that. I've, I've seen the preview of that haircut. It's horrible. Well, you know, I guess they're trying to do like the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Felicity thing where, you know, she's got a new do. It's, it's a big dramatic reveal at the beginning of the film. She's got her long hair, then she goes into the bathroom and she shaves it off and she walks out, you know, with this, with this pixie cut. And that's one of the more dramatic scenes in the movie. It's just, there's really little to this movie that's, that's very memorable. It's not like The Maze Runner, where I was in the edge of my seat, or even, even the second Hunger Games, which I thought was very good. Mm. Um, this movie is just, it's very forgettable. And, it's, and when it was over, I certainly wasn't going, oh, my gosh, what is going to happen next? And I really don't care, you know, because I've heard people say, like, well, you know, you, you didn't read the book. You don't, you don't appreciate it. You're not the audience for it. Listen, uh, if, I, if I pay him for my ticket, I am an audience member for whatever this movie offers. And this film is just, it's not very good. It's not one of the better young adult films out right now. I'd say it's, it's up there with Aragon, and it's up there with The Host. It's just, it's neither here nor there. Aragon was terrible. Yes, it was. Oh, it was horrible. Now, when we're looking at Insurgent, uh, apparently this has done enough money to make another one. Right. Um, does this film fall under a clone of the Hunger Games? Is this a Hunger Games clone? Is this where Hunger Games comes out in the in the in the in the fall or the spring, and then Divergent comes out? opposite it in the fall or the spring is this what this is yeah i'd say so and 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 the problem is is that it doesn't oddly enough even though the hunger games is you know whitewashed battle royale absolutely this is whitewashed hunger (laughs) games so it's it's uh, a whitewash of a whitewash exactly so it's it's a lot of white it is and it just does not have the tension it doesn't have the immediacy shailene woodley is a lovely actress and she was amazing in the spectacular now she uh cannot carry this movie the way jennifer lawrence can carry the hunger games movies so there's kind of no center at the uh rather there's nobody holding the center of this movie just it's, it's a bunch of random action sequences which are not terribly exciting it's the same dystopic future world that we've sure, seen before sure. it's it's you know this this whole thing of um, you know what a political uprising looks like in a fantasy world which right. is i always find interesting that i keep seeing movies about that whether it's v for vendetta or the hunger games these movies about uh you know a, f- a fictitious political uprising um but ironically enough the people in hollywood are the exact opposite of what some of these movies portray which is totally weird to me sure but i will say this is it because shailene woodley is not someone who can hold the screen is that what we're saying about her? Is she a, is she a second fiddle, as I, it were? I think she needs better material, for one thing. Okay. And this is just not a good fit for her. This is kind of like, this is kind of like when Kira Knightley did Domino. Oh! Do you remember that? Yes! Oh, wow. Not a bad film. Not a bad film at all. But, you know, Kira Knightley, I, I don't think she was the right person for that role. And I can't say that I think of her as a very persuasive action hero. And I feel the same mm-hmm. way about Shailene Woodley. Clearly, they're, putting, they're giving her wire food. They're giving her, you know, guns with, with CGI, bullets coming out in slow motion. I mean, they're doing all that. They're working really hard to make her like Is the it new... directed by John Woo? It is not. I, um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember who the director was. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just... There were no doves. <laughs> A serious lack of doves. Yeah. A serious lack. But yeah, it's, it's just not a really compelling movie. All right, so uh, on your scale of one to five um, uh, dystopian futures, uh, how many dystopian futures does this get? Oh, gosh. I'll, I'll just... Uh, I'll, one and a half. Wow, that's wow. big. It's, it's not even good enough to rate two stars. This is a movie I forgot about 
the minute I walked out of the theater. All I keep hearing is is that the other thing I keep hearing about Shailene Woodley is her co-star. Every girl that goes in, she goes. They're not here to see it for Shailene Woodley. They're here to see. <laughs> they're here to see it uh, for the guy with the lips. His name is Theo James, and he was very, very charismatic in the first one. The second one, he's there as the boyfriend with the gun. It's just the, oh. the role has not progressed in an interesting way. If there's going to be a third movie, in fact, not only is there a third movie, but it's called The Legion. It's going to be broken up into two movies, oh, of course. Wow, of course. Of course. Of course. Imagine of course. that. How novel. Of course. Um, I hope they do something interesting because this middle movie was. It, it's a bad bridge, is what it is. Well, more importantly. Is Theo James kissable when you look at him on screen in this film? <laughs> no. Okay. Good. No. Good. Good. No. I would have worried if you had said yes. No. Okay. Good. Yeah. No, he really isn't. No. I mean, like, <laughs> like he just—he does not have that kind of magnetism. Like, what was that I saw recently? I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, The Prince and Cinderella. Oh. Good looking dude. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good wow. looking dude. Wow. So this he's guy, just him. Uh, but not the guy from. Divergent. No. No, but. The answer, the answer is just a solid no. Right? Okay, 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 okay. I, I would stay on that track. I'm trying to think of a scenario, but I'm like you know what? Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. yeah. Let's let's just yeah, yeah. I'm wondering. Um, I was asking for the ladies. <laughs> right. Um. What, what's her name? Sh- Shailene. Shailene Woodley. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I'm I'm curious. Uh, is she a better actress in the first movie? Because you said you liked the first movie. Good question. Yeah, I did. She wasn't bad in it, but it felt like. They were really working hard to give her this big dramatic showcase. It just felt kind of like one of these insert an actress here roles. It kind of reminded me of like when when Bridget Fonda took over for the in the remake of Point of No Return. Oh, it yes. felt like they you know they they took an actress who really had never done that sort of movie before. Right, they just kind right. of put her in a movie where it's like okay let's let's make her a sexy shoot 'em up action hero. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's that kind of thing where yeah, I, she took over for Anne Perot. Per- yeah, and I think it's Anne Perillot. I think Perillot. I, I think, think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. So, yeah. uh, from La Femme Nikita, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, that's an interesting, yeah, just insert sexy actress here. Yeah, because I think, I think Shailene Woodley's got it. I thought she was wonderful in The, in the Descendants. And she did a movie with her Divergent and Insurgent co-star Miles Teller called The Spectacular Now. Yes. They're both amazing in that movie. I love that movie. They should have better things that their agent is offering them than Insurgent and Divergent and Detergent and whatever. Wow. Or... The next big hit. Or Allegiant, part one and two. Right. Or Hasty Lust, for that matter. (laughs) Can't wait to see that with Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller. Don't they always end up (laughs) in something like that? It sounds like it would be like the sequel. Don't they? Like the sequel to Booty Call. (laughs) Right. Hasty Lust. Right? Oh, my God. It's what follows the colon. Yeah, it does. It does follow the colon. (laughs) All right. Moving on to some uh, interesting... Since we were talking a lot about television already this, this evening... Let's talk about this. Some interesting news has come across our desk when we're talking about a couple of movie, uh, a couple of movie things and some TV. But since we're on the TV track, there has been some new developments that were brought to us by Variety. Uh, the Variety is the Hollywood uh, Insider Magazine. As it's it my were. other Bible. That's yes, exactly. Um, Variety has confirmed that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to see David Duchovny. And Gillian Anderson reprised their roles as Agent Mulder and Scully in a limited series of The X-Files. How exciting is that for anybody? Fantastic. I am. That is That is without... It's so weird to me that my favorite shows of all time have, have, have the sci-fi bent to them. Uh, the Twilight Zone, my favorite show of all time. The Outer Limits. X-Files was the show that revived my love for sci-fi in the 90s. Um... 
I guess what I'm getting at here is for you, format. Are you are you a sci-fi guy? Do you have an affinity for the X Files? Does this float your proverbial boat? Um, I think it's cool, but yeah, I could take it or leave it. You could take it or leave it. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm extremely like when, excited. when the original X Files was out. Um, if it was on, um, yeah, we would watch it, but. You know, there, there's only a few episodes that really stand out to me, and they really stood out for probably reasons that uh, they shouldn't have. Oh, interesting. Like okay. uh, uh, that one where the dude builds a nest out of spit. Yeah, oh, for some yes. reason that that that's, stuck with me. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I was gross. like, huh? Okay, that's awesome. So whenever I think of X Files, I think of that episode. Oh, I. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you that I. The that sorry, I know Professor Barry like just ate. So <laughs> now he's got to right. think about. I know. I'm, I'm done now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank God, yeah, you're done now. I, I really like the X Files because when it came along, there was nothing on television like it because it felt like every week you were watching. You weren't watching a TV show. It was like you were watching a mini movie every mm. single week for me. And I love you know. So how did you feel when the actual movie? I love the very first movie. I thought the first movie was great. Huh. I really enjoyed it. I thought, uh, I thought that you'd have to be a fan in order to enjoy that movie, uh, even though they said you didn't have to be. That was a complete and utter <laughs> lie. That was a lie. Uh, the second movie was underwhelming, to say the least. It, um, it, unfortunately, uh, they were build when they were building a very interesting story, but the payoff wasn't very good. So mm. it was underwhelming at best, and I thought the performances were eh. But uh, I am a huge fan of the X-Files. I think there is so much... For me, there's so much more material that can be taken out from them. There's just, there has just been nothing on television like it ever. And it's coming back in a six-episode run. Wonderful. So it's... You know, they're, they're halving a 13-episode normal season for a cable show. They're halving that. And I think, that's, I think that may work in its favor. Sure. You know, so instead of, say, instead of people sc- uh, screaming for an X-Files movie... They're going to take the time to do a six-episode movie, which I think is very cool. Are you a fan, Professor Barry? Huge fan, huge fan. I was in college when I first discovered The X-Files. I was a little late, so I was one of these guys who saw an episode, got hooked in. The episode, by the way, was the Stephen King episode, The Doll. Remember that one? Oh, yes. That was the episode because I heard Stephen King, really? He wrote for TV. Saw the episode. I was knocked over by it, and I went back and watched all the previous episodes building up to the movie. I freaking love Fight the Future. I thought it was one of the best films of 98. But I agree with you. Uh, Even looking at it now, it's like, no one's going to know who these people are if they haven't watched this show. Right. So it's a little, you know, it is kind of an insider film, but I, I think it's, I really think it's one of the best sci-fi films of the 90s. I, I love that film so much. And Martin Landau is awesome in it. The second movie I liked a lot more than you, but it, it's lacking for one thing. It was very weird that they released it in summer because it's, it's it's a horror film. It is. It's a horror film. They released it like the second week after after The Dark Knight, which was so stupid. Right. That film had no chance at all. Um, I think what I didn't like what I didn't like about it, and maybe you can correct me. I thought that the that the aspect of horror itself, and the aspect of that mystery, what you watch X Files for, was by the end was taken out because it was brought straight back to reality. Hmm. And you know you know what I mean because when you find out when you find out what is going on in the, the in uh, in the second film? You're kind of like, oh, okay. Well, I guess this could really happen then. And I was like, oh, well, it doesn't really. I didn't think it fueled the mythology at all, if any. It felt like 
I don't know. I, I just felt disappointed a bit because I'm a. I was a huge fan of X Files because a lot of people criticize X Files for being the monster of the week show. Yeah, I love monster of the week Me shows. Me too. Tombs was the best. Tombs was the best. I love monsters of the week. I like villains of the week. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. You can have an overarching storyline. That's fine. But having a monster of the week is so much fun to tune into every week. So everybody who sits there and poo poos the 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 monster of the week. Uh, uh, format I think is missing the boat here. Like you said, Tombs is amazing. Yeah. Uh, there have been other uh, the one home, the one with X Files home. That's an oh that episode is horrifying. That is horrifying. absolutely horrifying, and yeah. it's one of the best X Files episodes ever. It's very powerful. It is a very powerful piece of filmmaking. Uh, I and I say filmmaking, and I intentionally said that yeah, because yeah, it yeah. certainly was. I agree with you. Um, so it is very good. So I guess what I'm saying is, as fans, because I am a fan, do you think that we are are, are we ready for a new, another X Files? Oh yeah, I think so. Because as much as I really did like, um, I want to believe. Um, let's. I mean, let's face it. It, it did feel like it, it lacked an ending. It mm-hmm. lacked con- a conclusion. Because um, that's the thing about Fight the Future. I mean, for me, it felt like a complete film. That's what I loved about it. Yes, it, I mean, it did. It, like, I mean, it, it, it may be an insider film. It may be a secret handshake for the X-File fans. But for what it was, I thought it was one of the best uh, TV to movie transitions I've seen. I want to believe was not that way. And this is smart because... This is the difference between 20th Century Fox putting together, let's say, 40 to $60 million to create an X-Files movie, which may or may not open big, may or may not catch on, right. might be, I want to believe, all over again, or presenting it in a format where we can uh, discover it gradually on our own. I'm sure it'll be the most binge-watched TV show of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, this just It feels like the right approach for this, and and because there's there's we really do want to spend some more time with these guys, especially if it's the last time. Six episodes sounds great to me. Yeah, I really, I have to agree, because there is something about those two characters that really worked, and still do, that you really want to know where they are now. Yeah. You know, uh, because at, in, the, in the movie, of course, the second film, they are together. Yes. Um, I, I'm... Either way, together or not, them as partners is what what makes it for me. I don't care if they're in love or out of love or whatever. I think their love for each other as partners is what makes them so great. And I love, I love the fact that that um, Mulder is such a diehard. This is real, and she's on the other end of the spectrum. She's like, "You're out of your mind. What are you talking about?" And he has to pull her in to believe. Yeah. And I really think that that worked for me and I think that that, that's what that, that those opposing those opposing opposites trying to work together even though one believes one is ridiculous and one believe can't believe that what she's seeing before her eyes could not be what he says it is. Absolutely. So, I really think that the six episodes could be perfect and and you could instead of worrying about getting another movie Let's just get another. Let's get a movie that's a series, six episodes. What? That's what forty-five minutes an episode. Yeah. Done deal. We get a lot. We get a longer movie. Right. We don't have to stand in line, and we could, like you said, we could binge watch it on Hulu or whatever. We're good to go. Are there details? In, Not in yet. Did you top, really? Like, top is secret. it? Is it Mulder and Scully like now? Or yes. Is it, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. so this is after like after, a lot of stuff. Yes. Like well, I'm, because so I'm, would the would their relationship. Uh, play off as well because isn't she at a point where she pretty much believes? Well, here's sure, the thing. At the end of the second film, she she's she did. She yeah, is a believer sure. at the end. Right. You're very so right. how? Well, here's the thing: is that what I here's what I'm guessing, mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm only I'm only assuming that because I, I don't want to watch the first episode and Mulder's <laughs> like, this is what happened, and then Scully's like, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then it's like, okay, credits. Credits. I was like, all right. Oh, that was a fun five minutes. Bro. <laughs> well, here's another reason I love the six-episode format idea, because um, you you really you nailed it, because this show, the strength of it was that it wasn't just a movie of the week. It was a different movie of the week. Um, to completely nerd out for a second, hopefully the X-File fans listening to this will appreciate this. I mean, remember the episode Jose Chung's from Outer Space? I love that How one. How brilliant that was. Like this, talk about different genres every week. That's what we boil. Exactly. And it, the show wasn't just about sci-fi. It wasn't just about horror. It wasn't no. just about comedy. I mean, like, it was it was almost as, as experimental as Moonlighting. They were just, like, messing with different genres, different approaches. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a brilliant show. And they both had Curtis Armstrong. Moonlighting and X-Files, did they not? Well done, sir. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Boom. That's it. <laughs> Way to six I just degrees broke the there. internet. I just broke the internet again. Anyway, I, I am very excited. Uh, as a true X-Files fan, thank you for geeking out, by the way. And just to let you know, one of the three X-Files fans that are out there are listening. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, so Paco, that one's for you. Yeah. <laughs> We love you, Paco. <laughs> oh, man. I'm very excited about X-Files. I cannot wait. And I'm glad I'm glad that uh, David Duchovny is on board. Uh, and Gillian Anderson's been... By the way, just to uh, give you guys an idea of what Gillian Anderson's been up to, we all know that David Duchovny's been doing Californication. Right. Um, Gillian Anderson has been quite busy. Uh, she, is, uh, she was originally from Eng- England, and she's been doing a lot of television in England. She's an, she's she's doing an amazing or has done an amazing job on a show called The Fall. Mm. She plays a detective. Uh, it is an amazing show. It's on Netflix now. Stream it if you must. It is very good. It is compelling. She goes after serial killers. It is very good. Gillian Anderson is amazing in it. Uh, I recommend it wholeheartedly. Uh, this is what she's been very busy. Not only The Fall, she's been doing movies. She's been doing other, she's other in Hannibal, projects. Ironically enough. She's in Hannibal. Yes, she is. So she's been quite she's been quite busy, as it were. So Gillian Anderson. By the way, I still love her. She's she's gorgeous. She's fantastic. Oh, she's 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 a wonderful actress and she's beautiful. Absolutely drop dead gorgeous. Do you remember the one she did with John Stewart playing by heart? Yes, she was just delightful. Yes, that. and that's the one with Sean Connery. That's right. Sean yeah. Connery's in that with Gina Rollins, I think. It's a crazy cast: Angelina Jolie, Angelina Jolie, and uh, who's it? Anthony Edwards? Anthony is in it? Edwards yeah. is in it. Yeah. Man, it's so weird that I would even know anybody that's in that movie, but I guess I do. That's it's a good weird. movie. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll, uh, Playing by heart. That's that was a nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. Man, weird. Total movie geeks. <laughs> this is not good. Anyway, no, it is good. It's the nerd watch. That's what am I talking about? That's why we're here. Doggone it. All right, moving on to movie news. Let's get into it. There's a couple of movie rumors that I want to get to. Last week we talked about Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't end the show. With the uh, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. Oh, that's fine because that was the Nerdwatch earwheat uh, earworm of the week. Good, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, but last on our week, own by uh, Bobby Brown. Uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters <laughs> got a lot of play. People really enjoyed our conversation about the Ghostbusters this week. There are two rumors swirling around that has to deal with another mega franchise, and that of course is Star Wars. First off, there's a huge rumor uh, around the 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 campfires at Disney that they are going to be bringing back J.J. Abrams for Episode Nine of the trilogy. Uh, first of all, we know that he's handing the ball off um, to, who they say it was? 
Is it Rian Johnson? No, he's not doing. He's doing the uh, singular film. Okay. Well, the one we'll be talking about shortly. Gosh, dog, doggone! I don't remember. I don't. It's one of those hot up and comers. It is. It is a hot up and coming Shoot. director. But they're thinking about bringing back J.J. Abrams for the third movie. My question is: now that we have, now that we know a trilogy uh, is going to be in in existence, is it a good idea to take him off at all? Should we give him a break for number two? Should shouldn't he be just doing all three of them at this point? If we're going to get him so. back for nine, because Lucas didn't do Empire. Well, let's be honest. Lucas basically did every every movie. He was, uh, you know, he may have had somebody else direct, like Irvin Kershner, and he had um, Richard he had, Marquand, had for Richard Marquand for Jedi. For Jedi. Right. But let's be honest, he was the master. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he micromanaged the hell he out of ma- this guy. George Lucas, a micromanager <laughs> to the core. That's oh, what sure. Steven Spielberg loves. George Lucas loves him, but he says that it's not the easiest thing in the world to talk shop and 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 deal with George Lucas on a movie set. He's very much, uh, he knows his vision. This is the way he wants it. And if he doesn't get it that way, then he ain't doing it. So, and I mean, you have to admire that kind of, um, uh, I guess you would call it. Uh, dictatorship. Dictatorship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my question is, is that, is Disney, is there something that is preventing Disney from just keeping him on and just doing all three? Because that would have been the trifecta for Abrams. That, that would have been it. Right, he is doing episode eight. It is Ryan Johnson. So who? Oh. You're all right, sir. So oh. Ryan Johnson is doing episode eight. Okay. So then we got to find out who's doing the Rogue One, which we're going to be talking about here in a minute, because that's the first standalone movie. We have got to find that out. Thanks, Format. Yeah. He's like the information guy, <laughs> <laughs> Nerd Watch information guy. So uh, all I'm asking you two is, is that should not should should he even be off a project? Is this similar to when Tim Burton said, look, I'll do Batman Returns, but I need to do Edward Scissorhands. I need to just kind of clear the palette. I need just some time off from this franchise. Do you think that's it's something like that? You, I, you know, you could be right because I'm, I'm, maybe I'm thinking... Because he's off a track, right? Yeah, he's, he, he's not he, doing the next track. He's not doing the next track, but that's the thing. He's, he did track back to back. Yeah. So maybe he doesn't want to do that experience again. I never thought about that. Maybe you're right. But I must, But I thought that his love for Star Wars was so intense. Is intense. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. He put he put R two D two in the Star Trek movie. Right. You know what I mean? That's what he did. That's how much he loves Star Wars. So my question is: Is that He's obviously fashioning this world. He's directing it. And I'm assuming they're letting him... I'm assuming there's a story on the table that he helped write with Lawrence Kazan. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he collaborated with him. I'm just wondering why he would, why they would give him a break. And why not just give him the whole trilogy? But like you said, maybe it is. Maybe it is to clear the palette. I guess you guys could be right about that. But that's my question. My question is, is that it's great to have him coming back for nine. But this is... It would be a coup to have him for all three episodes, wouldn't sure. it? You know, maybe. I guess so. You know, I mean, Ryan. Listen, Ryan Johnson is an amazing director. Do I think Ryan Johnson is good, or do I think he's good enough to direct a Star Wars movie? Yes. Do I think he's good enough to direct a Star Wars movie? That after J.J. Abrams. After J. No, no, no. Because Ryan. No, but Ryan Johnson is a visionary. When you think, when you see things like Looper, or when you see movies like Brick, those are very. I have to say they're not they're not mainstream movies yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. They're very niche filmmaking. So this is going to be very different for Ryan Johnson. At least for me, maybe I'm wrong, but for Ryan Johnson, this is a new this is a new thing for him. So he is he he's not when you look at his movies, they're not grand scale. 
not even Looper for all of its uh, all of its uh, all of its maybe, supposed maybe grandeur. Maybe episode eight isn't grand in scale. You maybe you're right. That could be the point. Maybe we're going to another Dagobah and we're going to spend half the movie there. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> That's true. Another Ewok adventure. That's true. Well, no, the they o- always save the, the cute and cuddlies for the last one. <laughs> That's true. Good point. Good point. Well, I'm just kind of wondering because, like I said, Ryan Johnson, even for all of the wonder that was Looper, he was telling a very intimate story. Um, you know, it wasn't about it wasn't necessarily about the world that Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis inhabited. It was about those two characters and what was surrounding them. Yeah. So. Um, I have to say that I'm not leery about it. I just don't know if Ryan Johnson is up for the task. You know what I mean? I, not, not that should that, that's almost insulting to his directorial character <laughs> that I say that. He sure Way to go, Greg. Yeah, I know. Insulting he, Ryan Johnson. He, he, he's sure up. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Greg hates Ryan now. Johnson. <laughs> I'm sorry, but anyway, I, I, I digress. What 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 say you guys? You you say that it's possible because the second movie may not be of grand scale. That's what I'm thinking. Which is true. What about you? Well, I, I think you bring up a really good question because it does seem like J.J. Abrams really is the uh, the power, the, the right, you know, the brain trust of this whole thing. He so is. it is unusual. Um, but I am I'm guessing that just because he's had he's done so many different sort of things. It does make sense to me that he would be the one to get the ball rolling to establish what the look, the tone of the new Star Wars is, um, and then to pass the baton and then go back and, and, and end strong. Just because, I mean, over the years, I mean, this guy, you know, he, uh, he, he was so instrumental to the making of Cloverfield. Right. Uh, and, you know, of course, he directed Super 8. Like, he strikes me as somebody who does like to juggle different films, not necessarily different genres, but different films. And I respect that because I, I think you can get burnt out. I mean, look at. God bless him, but look at Peter Jackson. I mean, somebody's got to get him the heck out of out of out of the Shire. Out of New Zealand. Yeah, get Some, the heck out somebody, of the Shire. please pluck him out of Middle Earth immediately. Yes, he uh, yeah. he did a, he did you know he got away with that second trilogy, but we got to stop him before he does another one. Yes, uh, because I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure, and the thing is, he's he's wonderful, but I think he's built a home in New Zealand. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's <laughs> and, and no question. I mean, he has added so much to the New Zealand tourism over there. I mean, oh, the, yeah. the guy is like he's like Walt Disney over there, but at the same time, I do worry that he will end up like George. Lucas in the sense that he's going to spend too much time in that world and he needs to get out of it and remind us that there's so many different stories that he can tell and will tell. You're absolutely right and that's a good point because you do get maybe and maybe he believes that this is his this is his Star Wars yeah. which it is and that's you know and you're right he's gotten away with two trilogies you know so you're absolutely right um, maybe it's time that you make another Dead Alive or by the way, if you've never seen Dead Alive, you should. It's wonderful. It's a wonderfully kooky, funny movie. Remember Dead Alive? Yeah. Uh, for, oh, man. I'm ready for The Frighteners, too. Oh, my gosh. I am so oh, ready for Frighteners. The Frighteners, too. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine what it, would, what it would be like if Michael J. Fox is back in the role with Chai McBride? And, oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. Is John Astin still with us? Or I think John Astin is, is still with us. I don't remember. Yeah, Sean Astin's dad is still with us. Yeah. I believe Gomez he is. Adams. Yeah, so I, I I am I am a huge fan of the Frighteners. Um, so I would love to see Peter Jackson attack something else. So maybe you're right. Maybe maybe I'm the wrong guy here. Maybe you're right. This is it's it's time for him to take a break. Let the he establish the world and he'll come back and he'll finish this this sucker strong. So and by the way, um, 
I find it ironic that we haven't heard much about the Star Wars movie itself, Episode Seven. Have mm-hmm. you thought? Interestingly enough, we hear everything else now. We've heard now, uh, segueing into the uh, into another uh, conversation. We heard now that we finally have our first standalone Star Wars movie, which is Rogue One. Um, so. That's an interesting way to go, by the way. Uh, I would never. They're go. They're they're shooting a movie that almost feels like a futuristic or a another world Top Gun, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. Is it going to be with Oscar Isaac? I mean, is that presumably? I'm hoping Tom Cruise <laughs> and Val Kilmer and Anthony Edwards. Well, they're going to do Top Gun oh. too, right? I heard that that's still on the table, even though Tony oh, Scott died. I hear they're still they want to do. They it. still want to do Top Gun too, and and Tom Cruise is all in. By the way, yeah, it's yeah. going to be about Maverick versus is. the drones. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> that's right, Ice Man. <laughs> I am dangerous, man. When you can deliver a line so awesome like that, it's just like God, I love that movie. But I'll anyway. be your wingman, buddy. No, uh, man, no. I'll be yours. I'll be yours. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But anyway, I uh, love that movie for so many different reasons. Um, but uh, I will say that Rogue One does seem to be a. This could be a. You could almost say this could be a another. This could be another movie franchise in and of itself, because it almost seems like we're building an academy. Almost the the star. I don't. Dare I say Starfleet Academy, but that's not what I meant. But I huh. meant. Uh, but what I meant is, is that we're building. Uh, we're we're building the Rebel Alliance. Right. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I think that's very cool because in the Star Wars universe, we see a whole bunch <laughs> of other guys that are part of the uh, who who are who are uh, piloting those X wings and those Y wings, and we're we're seeing that there's a troop that 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 they've amassed. There's an army that's behind this. So maybe it is kind of cool that we're seeing another portion of the Rebel Alliance. Maybe. I'm hoping that this opens the doors that we see a movie from the villain's perspective. Hmm. That's what I'm hoping. So Rogue One is a real deal. It's going to be the new standalone movie for the Star Wars franchise brought to you by Disney, of course. And uh, you brought us some interesting news about the Rogue One film in and of itself that has to deal with Tom Cruise, ironically enough. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Hollywood advertiser, uh, they, they pretty much broke the... Hollywood Reporter, excuse me. Hollywood Reporter. They broke the, the story, which I thought was really intriguing. Um, apparently, there is a clause in which uh, the Mission Impossible folks, they just recently released the trailer, the poster, and basically all their marketing materials for Mission Impossible 5, which now has uh, the tagline of Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, mm. and I just posted on a Nerdwatch Facebook page, and it has it's the new, there's the new teaser trailer with the poster of Tom Cruise hanging by the the tips of his fingers to what looks like a rocket ship or maybe a plane. I don't know, but you're right. It I looks awesome. It was a plane, yeah. yeah, I think it's a plane. Whatever it is, I mean, it looks like Cruz really did it. And after Mission Impossible's two, three, and four, I certainly believe he did <laughs> it because I love Tom Cruise, but he's nuts, and yeah. he's, he'll, he will certainly endanger himself for our entertainment. I believe that Tom Cruise actually gripped onto the side of a plane for like three hours, and they landed and took off and shot it again because it's Tom Cruise. Uh, of course it is. But all that to say, um, apparently there is a clause in which Disney is not allowed to mention. Star Wars Rogue One in any sort of capacity other than the upcoming Star Wars uh, convention because they don't want the word Rogue Nation and Rogue One to conflict in the promotional materials. Interesting, considering the fact that I would never, ever, ever 
never confuse Rogue Nation with, with Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One. One. Yeah. Because I've known Rogue One since I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> Rogue Nation, I've just known about for a day and a half, maybe? Maybe a day? So, uh, yeah. So Paramount has uh, put a caveat on the Rogue One thing, huh? It's odd, too, because Mission Impossible 5, as I knew it a week ago, was supposed to open up uh, against Star Wars. It was supposed to open up like a few weeks prior to Star Wars this December. So I think it's interesting that they got the heck out of the way of Star Wars. They're opening up months earlier. And almost it almost feels, I'm just speculating, but it almost feels like just to stick it to Disney, they're going, you know what, screw you guys. You can't use the word rogue. Sorry. Right, of course. We'll get out of your way. Hey, listen, We're taking the word rogue. Can we be honest? Look, format, is it, this is true. Disney is the is the... They are the masterminds behind the Marvel cinema, cinematic mm-hmm. universe. Yep. They own the Star Wars universe, as it were. So I'm sure that Paramount, Fox, everybody else is going to be more than happy to stick it to Disney in yeah. any way they possibly can, right? Absolutely. So uh, I'm not surprised at all. Um, speaking of Rogue, Format, are you excited about a, 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 oh, yeah, a different film? Uh, from the I've Star Wars been, universe? I've been a huge fan of uh, Rogue Squadron for a long time. Uh, Great Wedge, game. Great Wedge, game. Wedge is the man. Wedge Antilles, right. <laughs> the I, only man to survive the trilogy who doesn't have access to the Force. Listen, my favorite has, has and always will be Porkins. I love me some <laughs> Porkins. Uh, for no for no real reason, just just because I relate. I think it's messed up that they named them Porky. I know. I, I, I was watching Teen Wolf the other day. Mark Holton is Chubbs. Like, oh, oh yeah. Poor, guy. <laughs> Poor I, actor. I, listen, the fact that listen, I like the fact that Porkins can even fit in the X wing. All right, it gives us fat guys hope, man. I'm telling you right now. But anyway, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Porkins. But yes, you're right. Do you think Wedge Antilles will be a part of the role? Uh, it depends on what timeline they're going with That's this. That's what I'm wondering, <laughs> too. I, I don't know if this is like uh, like concurrent with right. episode 789 or if right. this is... That's what I'm wondering from the beginning, too. Because beginning? You're absolutely right. Are we, ta- are we taking the Rogue One from the Star Wars trilogy right. from the 70s? And 80s, or are we taking it? This is the. Are they part of the the new army or the new Rebel Alliance? Like, is this Rogue One because he's the first? Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, the ironic thing is, is, is that do we even know if the Rebel Alliance is needed in the new trilogy? Is there even a thing as the Rebel Alliance? Who knows? Maybe not. I mean, at the end of Return of the Jedi, you know. Well, if if they're gonna follow anything. You know, from the expanded universe, um, then yes, there's okay. There, there's a lot to the empire that still, still moves. You know, sure. even though the head is gone, right? You know, the cogs are still turning, right? Because there are, like I've said before on this podcast, that there are possible rogue, uh, uh, rogue cells of 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 the empire around. The galaxy, mm-hmm. so it is possible that they're sending out the the the, uh, the Rebel Alliance and or the Rogue One Squadron out to get them. It's possible, I yeah, guess. It's possible. Well, listen, I'm excited for any Star Wars in that respect. I'm excited. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm I'm excited to see something else other than. I'm really excited. That there's finally a standalone movie because this opens up the floodgates for other things. You know, we've got. We're, there's talk that maybe we'll get a Boba Fett movie, which would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. We could maybe we could rewrite a little history here. And I was just going to ask that. Do you think in this new new trilogy we will ever hear the word midi chlorians uttered? I don't think so. 
Will we will 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 Return of the Jedi? Well, certain Binks characters, right? Well, will 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 Boba Fett's? Uh, would I be using the word properly when I say ignominious death? I don't, <laughs> uh, in the Sarlacc pit, will that be will that be uh, corrected? Someone actually explained that using Legos. I print. I posted that. That would be awesome. <laughs> that and he was survived. Absolutely genius. That was a, that was genius. That's why I had to post it on Nerdwatch. It's at Nerdwatch Facebook page, Nerdwatch.com or Nerdwatch uh, Facebook.com slash Nerdwatch. You have to see it. It's a very very cool story, and it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. <laughs> at the very end of the pit. Yep. Uh, let's just say that. There's a bunch of Jawas <laughs> who are making Sarlacc pit juice. Yes. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's I amazing. See it. You have so, to see so... it. And the guy built it out of Lego. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so apparently, according to this guy who yeah. built it out of Legos, yeah. uh, Boba falls down into the pit, uh, scammering around looking for a way out. He notices a, like a doorway. Right, a doorway. And he goes through that door and finds a... Just a factory full of Jawas making some kind of Sarlacc pit juice. It's great. And so he asked them, "Can I? Can I get out?" Can I get and they're out? Like, yeah, the door's yeah, right there. there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the answer. That's, that's how he. That's how, how he, he survives the pit. Uh, I would. I would love to see a Boba Fett movie. I mean, I would love to see a bounty hunter series, which would be really. Cool. Oh, that's always been. Like, that's always been a fantasy. Mill, yeah. Oh yeah, that's always been the fantasy, guys. Like, I mean, IG like, oh, yeah, and Bosk like is going to have his own series. going to be like, awesome. So I, I think I, I think that the world is is prepared for Star Wars. There, Star Wars will always have that hype to it, regardless if George Lucas's name is attached or not. So I'm really looking forward to seeing. Oh, speaking what of which, Ooh, uh, Rogue One is being directed by Gareth Edwards. Oh, from. Godzilla, Godzilla and Monsters fame. Nice. Interesting. He's got Interesting. the chops to do that. He does have the chops Green to do Ryan Johnson it. does feel like it would be a bit of a leap just because the scale of his movies, as admirable as they are and as visionary as they are, they are small scale. Yep. Whereas Gareth Edwards, it feels like he's he's been down this road before. Right, right. I, I, I will say this. There's only one thing that I ask of the Star Wars universe, and I hope J.J. Abrams brings it to us. I really, really, really hope that the magic of space is captured in Star Wars, in the new Star Wars, the way it was in the new Star Trek. I love the silence of space. I really think that adds to the atmosphere of uh, and the excitement of what happens in space. I really do. When, when, when you go out into the abyss and you hear nothing, and it's just, you're, you're, it's disconcerting. I don't it's see it happening. Uh, you really? I don't, yeah. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. It's the noisy. roar of the engines, man. Space is noisy in Star Wars. High fighters. That's true. Just screaming across the... <laughs> oh, dude. You can't have a quiet yeah, Star Wars. The asteroids, too. I mean, it's a noisy. Yeah, exactly. Noisy it's noisy in Star Wars. Yeah. Wow. All right. Got it. All right, well, then uh, that dream is shot hear, down. You even hear that big, gigantic worm in Empire, like, roar as, as they leave. <laughs> oh, that's true. Good point. It does, it does, it does roar. Because they're no flying void. out, yeah. Yeah, there's no void in Star Wars space. Yeah, I, that, that is true. There is no void. You, you might be right. <laughs> Dang, Gummit. Well, listen. Here's the thing. Uh, Star Wars is going to be... Uh, we haven't heard much about it ever since uh, this whole thing about J.J. Abrams being part of the ninth episode. Uh Nobody's been real. Everybody's been still dissecting that teaser that's come out. We haven't seen hide nor hair of Star Wars Episode Seven trailer. So my question is this: Will Disney put a trailer 
for Star Wars Episode Seven on Avengers: Age of Ultron. Possible. What's the guess? I would say so. What's the guess? I agree. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it would it would guarantee the biggest opening of the year, hands hands down. And there's some big movies coming out this year too, but I'd say that's that's going to be the biggest opening of the year until Star Wars comes out. Yeah. All right. Thank okay. you. Awesome. So we're, 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 we're expecting as fans, oh, yeah. as oh, yeah. super geeks of this stuff, that there will be a trailer for Star Wars it's Episode only, Seven. It's yeah. only six months out at that point, right? Six months out. Can you believe that? Isn't that great? That is amazing to me. It is absolutely, utterly amazing. A year from now, we'll, what, we'll all own the DVD? The <laughs> Blu-ray? <laughs> Not you DVD, know, the you know, Blu-ray. You know what? It's still going to be, let's be honest, it's going to we'll, be in theaters. We'll, own, we'll yeah, own the Blu-ray right. and the special edition release Blu-ray right. and <laughs> the director's right. cut right. release right. Blu-ray. We'll have the enhanced version of Episode right. 7. Right. right, the enhanced version with where, the Where they put the Hayden Christensen back in there. <laughs> Hayden Christensen right. will be in there. Right, it's, it's the end of Jedi Hayden. Mm-hmm. Christensen, and Sir Alec Guinness, and that other old guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, <laughs> oh, and Yoda. Yes, well, I'm saying the Yoda. other old guy's not there anymore because Hayden Christensen took over yeah, for exactly. him. Oh gosh, go figure. And then, uh... <laughs> Bye, Sebastian Shaw. Yeah, Sebastian Shaw. <laughs> Sebastian uh, Shaw. Have Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, you will be missed. Dub the audio for the new Vader. Right, you <laughs> <laughs> will. But ironically enough, apparently um, the Benedict Cumberbatch thing, J.J. Um, Abrams will not deny nor confirm it. Neither uh, will Benedict. Yep. He really, said as well in well, an interview. Yeah, J.J. Abrams said in an interview as well, something to that effect, where he doesn't want to see, make the same mistake he did with Star Trek Into Darkness with Benedict Cumberbatch and how everyone knew that that was Khan, but he didn't say it was Khan. It was, right. quote-unquote, John Harrison. Right. So he doesn't want to make that same mistake. And all he's going to say is no comment. <laughs> so Smart. good for him. Yeah, I know, I know Benedict was in an interview, and they were like, oh, we heard that you went to go visit the Star Wars set. So what did you think? And it was like, oh yeah, it's very nice. And it was like, so are you going to be in the new movie? Uh, yeah, I got nothing to say. <laughs> it was like, oh, so you're not denying or, or you know? And he's like, um. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. you are in the new. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not saying that I am. Not examined. Yeah, but I, uh, it, I do find it interesting that. Um, now that we're you know so close to it that like all the leaks that we've gotten like you know over the the last couple of months have just stopped cold yeah. like everything. Yeah. Remember before it was like oh my god who's the celebrity of the week visiting the set this time? That's true. Good point. And now it's just nothing. There's no news at all. Well, nothing. you're absolutely right. I mean the the late the only news that we've gotten as of late is the fact that Harrison Ford was in a plane crash yeah. and if it was going to affect. <laughs> His filming of the Star Wars movie. Yep. That's what everybody cared about. Not on whether he lived or died. No, 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 I no, no, I thought no. the memes that came out of that were freaking hilarious. <laughs> I didn't see any. I, there, there was one, because he crashed his plane. Right. It was like a propeller plane. Yes. Uh, in a golf course or something. Right. So the memes that popped up were like... Um, uh, Han Solo was in a in a in a crash, and it shows like the Millennium Falcon like like half buried into the Gulf. It's <laughs> like oh my god! Yeah, right. No one cares if Harrison Ford's okay. We just want to know if he's okay enough to film the rest of his scenes in Episode Seven. I know, right? All he has to do is sit in the cockpit. That's and all he has good. to do. Punch it, Chewie. Right? Punch it. Don't get cocky, kid. Don't get cocky. 
That's all he needs. <laughs> and he just needs to hold. This, he needs to hold a uh, a gun or a, a, the, yeah, just a blaster. Uh, just a just... blaster at the side of his hip. Yeah, that's, that's all it. he's got to do, and he's good to go. He can lean up against the wall. And just, <laughs> like, yeah, man. there you go. By the way, that's... as long as he shoots first. Yes, that's right. You're right. And by the way, I found out why Han shot first. Can I tell you why? Because Greedo called him called him handsome Solo. That's why. Remember, he called him handsome Solo. He thought he was coming on him, and he shot him like what? No. That's why. That's why I'm telling you. So it's exactly uh, about homophobia. He's a bit homophobic. He's a galactic. Yeah, homophobic. yeah, yeah. He's a galactic homophobic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no idea. I watched Star Wars Episode One. He says Han Solo. That's what he says. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a. Uh, you know. But anyway, uh, moving on uh, from our, well, from Star I Wars. I mean, he does pay for the mess. So <laughs> he I guess, does. He I guess does. that makes it all right. I mean, you you, you oh can you can hate, you know. <laughs> right, you can be homophobic as long as you pay for the mess. I I don't know. <laughs> the galaxy's <laughs> the galaxy's first galactic homophobe. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh man, I have a whole new thing. I have a whole new way of looking at Han Solo now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, moving on uh, this week. Now, since we're done with. Uh, with our movie news, question for everybody. What's everybody been watching as of late on the tube? Anything exciting you've been watching lately? I mean, Bates Motel, Bates Motel obviously. Yeah. Uh, anything for you, Format? You've been watching anything that would pique someone else's interest that you wanted to recommend? Um, not really. It's uh, lately, as of late, the uh, women have taken over the uh, television, <laughs> so... I'm stuck watching things like Grey's Anatomy and Empire. Empire is actually pretty good. Okay, uh, can I and I ask you about that because yeah, sure. I'm uh, Empire, the television show on Fox, is one of the only shows in television history that you have has black people. No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Close. I thought that's where you were going. No, that was the, 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 that's the second. One. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, so it's not new. But anyway, what I'm saying is, this is one of the only television shows in history that have um, that has essentially done better week over week. Normally, television shows the ratings and the people that the view the uh, the, the show die, uh, actually die down every week. Normally, mm-hmm. right, this right. one keeps. Progressing, it go. It, 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 yeah, I can it, see that. It, it, it every week the the numbers go up. As a matter of fact, it was said that Empire had its season finale had seventeen million viewers. I mean, that's on par with stuff like The Walking Dead. Hmm. So my question is this: If you've seen it, mm-hmm. what is the draw? Number one and number two. Cookie. <laughs> that's all I'll say. One word. Cookie is the draw to the. That's. That's all you need to know. Okay, I, I, I will say this: Terrence Howard is in it. Yeah. Taraji P Henson is in it. Is it compelling viewing? Is it is it something it that is. should be seen? It is. It's actually a lot of fun. Um, uh, for the life of me, I, I don't remember the actress's name who plays Cookie. Taraji but, P Henson, right? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. That role makes the entire show. Wow. That just just the the way it's played. The way she interacts with the sure. other characters, um, a lot of the characters are family, right? And there's a lot of drama that comes with that. Um, I've heard the soundtrack has already hit number one on yeah. the billboards. Yeah, the soundtrack's surprisingly catchy. Really? Yeah, that is amazing. I mean, I I, I can't stand most rap music of today. Yeah, yeah. The the rap you're not gonna enjoy. Okay. <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah. As someone that enjoys, you know, hip hop, R and B, and all that stuff, that stuff, I like. Yes, um, the rap is terrible. <laughs> yeah, yes. awesome. Um, awesome. But the the other music that's on the show is okay. top notch. Okay, well done. So, uh, so I'm assuming there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of oh yeah. Uh, there's a suspense. So, do you, what do you think people are people drawn to the music, or is it the performance? What I, is it? I think it's it has to do a lot with the storyline. Okay. And just finding out what Cookie's gonna do next. Wow! It's, it's her character is that crazy, amazing that people just they tune in just to find out what what she's gonna do. Wow! There is so much. It's amazing to me in this day and age. This is almost like this is the golden age of television because it's almost as if it's not like in the fifties and the sixties anymore where you picked one or two shows that were great. Like Twilight Zone is is the pinnacle for me, always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, it now seems like everybody has their has their fingers in the pie. Uh, every network has one show that really propels television to a new level. Yeah. all the time. Even cable, cable, Breaking Bad for one. Hannibal, another empire, like he's talking about. Uh, things like this have really uh, lost. Was another one of those shows. Twenty Four was the another Sopranos, one of those shows. Yeah. The Sopranos, which is on cable television. It seems like we're in the golden age of television, where the it's so compelling to watch and stay home and watch TV now that it, it's it's in straight competition with what's in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I just find it so fascinating to me uh, that. You would that people would prefer to stay in than go to the movies. Almost that's you know it's a maybe it's the nature of the beast. Netflix is doing it. House of Cards. It's not even a cable. It's a streaming. It's a streaming mm-hmm. application. House of Cards. Uh, Bloodline. The new Netflix Bloodline show. I don't know if anybody has seen that yet. Oh, it's good. I've heard it's amazing. So now, thanks to format, I'm going to have to add Empire <laughs> to my viewing. It didn't look compelling to me when I saw the the previews for it. I was not up for watching the the, the bad boys of hip hop and the whole thing about the the music record yeah, the, label. Yeah, the, the the previews and the trailers don't do it justice. Really? Yes. Cool. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm on board. Then Empire's the way to go. Me, I mean, I've been I've been trying to catch up with. Um, I'm getting. Listen, I'm a nerd at heart, but I completely am. When it comes to television, I, I watch a lot of stuff, but I watch more news than anything else because I, I want to know current events and politics. I, I'm such a weird news geek. It's so amazing. But I will say this. There are a lot of things that I am watching. Walking Dead, of course, which is amazing. Better Call Saul. I don't know if you've been watching that no. at all. <clears throat> Behind. I keep waiting for like a, a marathon so I can catch up on it. This is a, a Better Call Saul is one to keep up with. I think I've said this before, but Better Call Saul is a, is a show that is smaller in scale. But the spirit of Breaking Bad is in there, and nice. it's good. So uh, you I, should saw, I did manage to catch one episode, right? And, and and it felt like it was still in the same vein, like the same it formula. It does. It moves. Just know that it moves a little. It moves a little more slow. It moves a little slow. Yeah, a little more I methodical. noticed that too. It's a little more methodical, but it really works for this show. I I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it definitely works for the show. And yeah, by the I way, saw that too. Yeah, you noticed that too. Yeah. And by the way, last but not least, bringing up another AMC show, Mad Men is in its final season as well, and that should be premiering um, very soon. Yeah. So if you're a Mad Men fan, that's coming up too. Another sh- that's another show that started off this whole thing about you know television being the medium to watch. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of ways to be entertained. 
Uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, major television networks are having a heck of a time trying to keep up with what's out there. Because it's not always about the big and bold. It's about storytelling now is what I've noticed a lot. It's about storytelling, like Breaking, Breaking Bad being one of the big ones. House of Cards, good storytelling. Empire, if you say it's true, it's probably got great storytelling and it. it has oh, yeah. to be. Definitely. So where, you know, that's what compels us is stories. It, it, I, I, and that's what I like about it. It's not about effects. You know what I mean? Look, even like uh, even the ones that we do like that are that are I guess you could call them television superhero based, The Flash and Arrow. You you don't have a production, you don't have the production value to to make a special effect, uh, effects bonanza. You have to come up with witty, interesting stories for people to follow, like you Agent Carter does. That. But Flash and Arrow have really kicked it up a notch. I, no, I I, 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 I agree. No, I'm not. I'm not denying their 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 prowess in the special effects genre. But what I am saying is is that their their stories have to be more on point than say something like oh yeah definitely something yeah. like the Transformers. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So the new one with Michael Bay. That's the one I'm talking about. Boom, Michael Bay. Boom. <laughs> Foreman, I got to ask you this. You've mentioned Grey's Anatomy. Are you watching recent episodes, or is it like from the beginning? It seems like it's scattered all over the place. Because I was hooked on that show for maybe a season or two. I watched it with my wife when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I thought it was right. really compelling. Five seasons. Okay. For me. I Around the five. time Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character dies and became a ghost, that's mm-hmm. when I'm, I'm out. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think I was out the moment I realized. How much sex is going on in the hospital that I was attending? Uh, that's not uh, that's not a place that I want to go exactly. It felt more like a sorority house than a hospital, and that's when I was out. And I was like, okay, this is uh, this doesn't do anything for the persona of a hospital. I know that people sleep there. I get that part. <laughs> people working twenty four and forty eight hour shifts or whatever. Got that. Yeah, but the sex thing kind of freaks me out a little bit when, you know, you're in the hospital. They went from McHottie to McSteamy. It was like too much. McDreamy, yeah, McDreamy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now it, it's, 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 and now it's just, I don't even watch it anymore. I've missed it. What is it, like the 10th season now? Or I have no idea. I, I, I was with them during the first three seasons, and then now it just, there's like a whole new troop of people in there. Yeah, they're mixing like, with the the older cast. Yeah. Is Patrick Dempsey still even on it? Yeah, yeah he is. He's, he's, he's on there. Yeah. Catherine McSteamy. Heigl's gone, right? Catherine Heigl's gone. Yeah, she ruined yeah. her Hollywood career. McSteamy's still there. No, is it McDreamy? No, he's McDreamy. Yeah, McDreamy. Okay. He's McDreamy. Is McSteamy still so, on the show? No, McSteamy's no. dead. He's dead. Oh, they killed him off. Yeah, they killed him off. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut this part of the show out <laughs> of the Nerdwatch podcast. That might be a good idea. <laughs> or maybe we or, just drew in more listeners. Yeah, maybe uh, we did. Uh, uh, demographic. <laughs> yeah, but let's just safely say that I'm going to cut Back this out. Back to news. Yeah, yeah. Back to nerdy stuff. <laughs> uh, like I said, we were talking about television and uh, – how we are in a golden age of TV. I think that is very ripe to talk about, considering the fact we will be talking more television here on the show too, because there's just so much, there's so much good stuff that we should be talking about as well. Oh, speaking of which, yes, sir. There's a new Netflix series called Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, the Unbra- with um, what is her name? I cannot remember. She's adorable. I can't She's remember. absolutely adorable. Um, it was the it was the it was the show uh, that Ellie Kemper. Ellie Thank Kemper. Yep. She is. This is the show that NBC passed on and Netflix picked up. Yes. My, you want to know something funny? You mentioned that. My father, my father calls me up, and he he called me specifically and goes, "Hey, uh, how you doing, son?" I said, "I'm great, Dad. What's going on?" 
said, uh, so listen, uh, you watching uh, that Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt show on Netflix? I'm like, uh, no, Dad, no. I <laughs> What? <laughs> said, no, you got to watch it. It's really funny. It gets better and better each episode. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, and he likes uh, the, the uh, there's the, there's the, there's the Ellie Kemper's roommate mm-hmm. that, what is his name? I don't remember his I, name. I forget He's his got name. this strange, like, it's like a Roman kind of name or whatever it is. Yeah. But he is, my, my father says he is extremely funny. Um, uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is, they say, is a great show. And Netflix was smart to pick up this show from, uh, from NBC. Cool. It's written by Tina Fey. Um, and it's very it's funny. It's co-created by Tina Fey. Yeah, she, nice. she, she's, a, she's a writer. She's, they say that, well, essentially the story of the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is, is that she has been kept underground with a group of other women by a cult. So the cult leaders kept them under, underground, essentially, telling them that the world had ended. So they didn't know <laughs> that it even existed. <laughs> So it's her adventures into the new world, as it were. Yes. So it has this Elizabeth Smart kind of. When I reference Elizabeth Smart, the one that was kidnapped. Oh, what, what's the What's the name of the guy? Titus Burgess. Um, that's the actor. Oh, Titus Andromedus. Titus Andromedus. That's it. His name is Titus Andromedus. So my dad said that he is super funny, and I should watch it. All right. So I'm glad you mentioned that. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's 23 minutes on Netflix each episode. Yeah, I guess sure. we're going to have to watch it. Yeah, they're, they're, just, they're like sitcom episodes. Nice. So he says it, it gets funnier every episode. Have you seen it at all? Um, I've watched half of it. My, my oldest has already binged the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She, right. she, she killed it all in one sitting. All right, so we're going to come back. We're going to watch The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, <laughs> and we'll dish. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. If it's anything like the Grey's Anatomy <laughs> conversation, then... Oh, boy. Oh, you guys boy. are in for a treat. All right, so uh, this is a possible cut number two. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to go back to talking about the golden age yeah. of television? Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars, lightsabers, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Galactic homophobes. Galactic homophobes. <laughs> <laughs> vroom, 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 vroom. vroom, vroom. <laughs> Oh man! Anyway, moving on uh, to this week in uh, in Blu-ray and DVD releases. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's been a lot of streaming stuff that has come out. We've like I said, we've gotten Annie. We've gotten things like <laughs> Exodus, Gods and Kings. Finally, we know your take on Annie, Professor Barry. But yep. there is one movie that came out on VOD that I had a chance to see. Annie too. <sighs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. There is one film that I have been looking forward to seeing that I did not catch in the theaters, and I finally watched it on your recommendation in your review, Professor Barry. I got to see Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway in Interstellar. Ah. Um, by the way, I do have a review in the queue for that one. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, so I am waiting on that one. Um, uh, my editor is taking a look at it, making corrections. So, um, tearing yeah, it up, yeah, my, my tossing it out. The editor that shall not be named here right. on the show, deleting uh, it. <laughs> Does or, he eat at hasty lust? Right, right, right. <laughs> maybe Doesn't everyone? Maybe he's <laughs> maybe he's taking maybe he's taking notes from it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I finally got to see Interstellar. Uh, uh, let me tell you, uh, I called. Well, I didn't call. Uh, speaking of my dad again. My dad saw Interstellar and wasn't pleased with it. Mm-hmm. He did not like it. 
So I had two I had two opposing views on this, and that was yours and his. Uh, your you love it. I you do. absolutely love it. Now after seeing it, I have to say that I am somewhere in the middle uh, because uh, <laughs> I am. It's ironic. Uh, Interstellar is. Uh, for all intents and purposes, is one of the most beautifully shot films I have seen in a long time. Not just the space stuff, not just this, not, not not just space, but when they're in on Earth and you see those cornfields and you see the the majestic cinematography. It's it is beautiful. It is absolutely a beautiful. The 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 sand the snow the the sandstorm the dust storm. Excuse me, the dust storm is a. It's amazingly just beautiful to see and to look at. It, it, uh, Christopher Nolan should be commended for how this movie looks. It is quite amazing. Um, he's crafted an amazing story that does belabor uh, getting to... You felt it was quick. I didn't. I felt we were belaboring to a point. I believe I'm looking at it to where I think that they could have easily cut out 20 to 30 minutes and we would have been at a faster pace. And I think it would have been up for an, a Best Picture Oscar, in my opinion. Um, Interstellar for me, and Ma- Matthew McConaughey uh, gave an amazing performance. I thought he, I thought he was very good. I, I was underwhelmed by Anne Hathaway, um, uh, her performance. Uh, it was very weird how they were named, too, by the way. Everybody yep. had, like, one name. Uh, Matthew McConaughey was Cooper. Yep. Brand was Anne Hathaway. That was her name. But that's her last name. We don't know her first name. We don't know nothing. Um, I will say that the visits to space and the cameo were great. Uh, the visits to not space to the planets, the different planets, yeah. the the talk of actual science and sci- in the in the sci-fi genre was very plausible. It seemed logical in from a layman who doesn't know much. It seemed rather yeah. logical coming out of the mouths of the actors, as it were. It worked for me. Um, uh, this movie is absolutely beautiful. It it is it is extremely suspenseful. Um, but. The ending is the there's. The but is the but is is the only but for this film is is that uh, is the fact that I thought it was a little too long. I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Michael Caine was great in it. William Devane is in it, and he's how, not selling me. Gold. How is that in the middle? Uh, let me tell you why. That's like singing praises. Oh no no no! Yeah, it's a little I, long. No, because I think that I think what was missing here was I I, I felt John Lithgow was. Unfortunately for his character, was underused. I really wanted to see more from John Lithgow. Hmm. Um, am I am I am I ruining it if I say Casey Affleck is in it? I really <gasps> wanted to see more from Casey Affleck. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Jessica Chastain, who I think is an amazing actress, is great in it for, for what she is. She brings something to the role. Um, uh, there is this theme, and I'm not ruining it. There is this theme about love conquering all. Um, I like that theme. I really do. But in the space of this kind of genre, I don't know if it works. I think that was the other problem I had with it. Um, so I would have to say that I would give it, for me, I would have to give it a four-star review. That was my, I would have to rate, dock it a whole star for those very reasons. But other than that, it's a beautiful film. Uh, I will say that I loved, I loved the comic relief of the robots, as it were, yeah. or the uh, or the AI. It really <clears throat> brought something to the somber mood of the film. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but Interstellar should definitely be experienced by everyone once, at least once. Um, I, I want to watch it again. 
There's no doubt about it. I want to see it again for, to maybe appreciate it more. I will say there was one other thing in the film that that um, that I would dock it a point, uh, dock it a star for is I thought the fight between Matthew McConaughey and the uh, the cameo that from the gentleman that shall not be named. I thought it was a little hokey. I didn't really... Guys in spacesuits are never going to yeah, tell you an interesting fight. Right. It just, it, it, yeah. They could have done something more intelligent with it, I thought. And I just really was like, eh. I, didn't, I, I just felt that really took me out of it. But the way they end the film and the way they wrap up like all of your questions is amazing. Yeah. And you're really like going, oh, yeah, that, that's what it was. This is what it was. That makes sense. So... That was really fascinating to me, and I and when um, one of the most one of the most touching uh, parts of that film for me was <clears throat> at the end when Matthew McConaughey is at the bedside uh, of a wonderful actress who did a very good job, and I will not reveal what it what it is because that would ruin it for everybody. But let me just say that that was extremely touching. And 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 just was so what so what I was not expecting, and it was really moving. And it, it you know it's it's like what they say when he says what he says in space about you know never you ne- as a parent you never want to see your children die. Yeah. And there was just it, it just there was a there was a there was a turn to that, and it really it really a fascinating turn, and it was a very touching moment. And Matthew McConaughey was. Brilliant in that scene, brilliant because I believed every single second of that, you know, in that moment. So for those reasons, I say that Interstellar is an amazing film. Read my review; it should be up shortly as soon as I get it back from my editor. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll post it up on uh, NerdWatch, uh, the Facebook.com/slash the NerdWatch. So if, if I have a pick of the week for uh, for new to video, it is Interstellar, for sure. Um, you loved it. Do you do you do you see? I see, what you're, I see what you're saying. Um, having I saw the film twice, and the second time I saw, I took my, my father to see it, and my dad loved it. <clears throat> but the thing we did talk about, like it, it is a long film. I don't know, and and this is my way of addressing that, but also excusing that. I don't know what I'd cut because the one part of the film that I didn't care for, not not because it's bad, but I just I didn't like it as much as the rest. I didn't like the surprise celebrity guest appearance, that whole long sequence that leads up to the fight scene. But you can't lose that from the film. It's, it's essential to the story. So, like, as much as I, I agree with it, it, it is a long film. I don't know what I'd cut. And I, I can't think of anything that I that would go. You know, I have to watch it again because I will. But I, you, you are right about that. I think the, I think that the, the 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 themes in the film are fantastic. The 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 fact that they're they're willing to broach the theory of relativity and things of that nature were amazing. So I would say, for my taste, it's something that should be seen. Format? Yeah. Are you interested at all in Interstellar, sir? Uh, no. I've seen enough uh, Lincoln Continental commercials to know <laughs> that, uh... Are you disparaging the good name of Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> you know, it's a little different than the Lincoln Continental no, yeah, commercials. Yeah, I guess, I guess. It just seems, you know, he's kind of spacey in the commercials and kind of carries into the to the role I'm imagining. Uh, so uh, it, it does a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that, that, and and there's no there's no you know surprise uh, co-stars or anything you know. But listen, there's, in there's, these commercials, so that's a, kind of a, a 
you know, a down point for me. There is that charm of the country twang. I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you want to be buddies with that guy. I don't know about buddies. Plus, his name is Cooper in the movie. I mean, who yeah, wouldn't like so. a lo- love to have a friend called Cooper? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Coop? You know? Yeah. Well, wasn't that like a teacher dude? Hey, you Mr. Guy? Cooper. Yeah. yeah. In Oakland. He took yeah. it from Mark Curry. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Wow. See? See, Nothing stealing original. Everywhere. Stealing everything from the black man. Yeah. That's crazy, right? It's crazy. Lincoln Continental. <laughs> stealing names. Stealing oh. names. Oh, man, I tell Fixing, you. Fixing, you know. He's just... <laughs> yeah, he's just taking it all. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Curry's listening to this right now going, they remember. They remember. <laughs> they remember my show. They right? my show. Exactly. Oh, man. Anyway. That was for you, Mark. Yeah. We love you, Mark Curry, wherever you are. <laughs> so, anyway, that's my pick of the week. Now... Next week, ladies and gentlemen, because it's just about time for us to get out of here. Next week, um, there is going to be, we'll be talking more movies. Also, next week, um, we will be, there's no real movies coming out next week. Are you going to be watching Get Hard anything? and Home. I'll probably see Get Hard. Okay. Get Hard looks fun. And It Follows is going to have a wide opening. Really? They're actually going to release it on 1,200 screens. It Follows looks like an amazing horror film. I am very intrigued with It Follows. Uh, I'm not going to go into it now. Uh, look up It Follows on RottenTomatoes.com. That's where Barry Worst is uh, Mr. Critic. Uh, uh, you can check him out there. Um, uh, though that It Follows looks, it's been getting a lot of high praise. It's been critically acclaimed. It, it was supposed to just do a straight VOD release. Apparently the box office and limited release has been so gigantic, word of mouth has been so good, and this thing has just been spreading like a wild storm, that the studio, even though it's a little independent studio, Radius, they're releasing it on 1,200 screens this Friday. It's unprecedented. Oh, nice. Amazing. I cannot wait to see this film. And we'll get to see it. Yeah. Well, let's hope. We live in Maui. Oahu will get it. But yeah, I'm sure they will. (laughs) Oahu will get it. (laughs) The California of the islands will get it for sure. But I'm excited to see it. Well, if you... I'm not. I'm never watching Get Hard. First of all, I I I, I take umbrage with the name number one and number two. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. So good luck with that. Let me know how it is. I may watch it on your recommendation. We'll see. We'll but see. I don't know if it's going to be good. the week after that is of even more importance. The week after that is the first summer movie of the season. So before I thought before I go, I thought I'd let you guys know something. I have procured. Four tickets for the four of us to go wow. see. There's four of us exactly. Four wow. tickets. That's amazing. Isn't what that amazing? I have procured four tickets for everyone sitting at this table, wow. minus Amber, of course. But she just not here. Yeah. I, well, I can yeah. never tell when she is here. She's just so, so small. I wanted to let you guys know that I've got tickets in my hand for the four of us to go see it at wow. uh, seven o'clock in the morning on, uh, on Thursday. Oh. PM. So, okay, gotcha. P, right. <laughs> Late in the morning? So don't worry. We're going to go watch this. As a matter of fact, as soon as it's over, we'll do a podcast after Furious 7, a little review podcast. Me and uh, Like Professor in the Brand. fountain? No, we'll do it like uh, there at, on the air. We've done it before. It, oh. you know, we did like a little 15-minute pod to sell, get your immediate reactions of oh. what the film is like. So, yeah. so it's just yeah, no like problem. 15 minutes of going, us just going, ah, it was amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, yeah we're, that's what I'm assuming that the mm. next pod's going to be like. like it was too long, by. lack Mark Curry. <laughs> <laughs> right, it could be. That's what know, <laughs> we had to hang with The Rock. We're going to hang with Mr. Cooper? That was <laughs> yeah, that's up. great. <laughs> so uh, next week, uh, Professor Barry will talk about Get Hard, uh, the new Will Ferrell, uh, Kevin Hart vehicle. Not a fan of 
Kevin Hart, I have to say, I'm sorry. A little overexposed. Yeah, definitely overexposed. He's kind of like the uh, Seth Rogen of uh, <laughs> of comedy at this point. Another overexposed um, uh, Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all that's all you, sir. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be more news for us to talk about next week. Hopefully, uh, Amber, aka Digit, will be back. Uh, anything else you want us to go to? You want to want us to read our Holly, your Hollywood in Toto uh, article? Anything else on the docket for you? Uh, my looking back this this week, my column will be writing about uh, Constantine with Keanu Reeves. Mm. So I'll be talking about that film as well as underrated gem, in my opinion. I agree. I like it better the second time yeah, I saw it. Yeah. And uh, a very underrated film. I think one of the most important animated movies ever made. It's the only film ever made in, entirely in claymation. That is Will Vinton's The Adventures of Mark Twain. Came out Ooh, in 1985. Great film. Great film. It's finally gotten a DVD. And Blu-ray release, so people will be able to see it. I think it's on Netflix. It is a magnificent film. Not enough people know about it. If you're an animation fan, you need to see this film. Fantastic. What about you, Foreman? Anything else you got coming up that you're going to be posting to Facebook.com/slash The Nerd Watch? Uh, <laughs> I've got a number of um, reviews that have just come back from my editor, and uh, I need to post those as soon as I get a chance. Um, is he as obtuse with you as he is with me? Obtuse? Yeah. Is he as efficient with uh, with you as he is with, with, with you? I would say so, yes. He's oh, okay. quite okay. efficient. Good. Yes. Good well, maybe I should use yours then. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'll send you his information. All right, give me his info. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll see. See if I can uh, get this guy going. Uh, anyway. But uh, I also <laughs> watched um, Rurouni Kenshin, which is uh, it's a samurai movie. Right. Uh, based off an anime and a manga series. So, they made uh, a live-action movie of it. Yes. Wow. So uh, it's it's quite interesting, and uh, I didn't un- I didn't realize it, but there's actually three movies that were all released at at the same time, apparently. Really? Yes. Okay. Where can we find these? Um, where can we procure these? Uh, well, you you gotta go to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only drawback. But, but see, when you when you get off the plane in Japan, don't like ninjas attack, and there's Godzilla like uh, in Tokyo. Yeah, but there's this whole thing you got to do to get those. But that that happens only on Tuesdays. Oh, Tuesdays. So if you okay. get there on off days, you right? Know, you can oh, get to the shop. Drift if I want to drive anywhere. Right, right, right. Well, drift? it's better if someone drives you. Oh, okay. Like good. catch a cab, everybody drifts there. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah. So uh, where can we see these? If we, we can't go to Japan, um, well, you can. You can. Uh, there is actually a, a Tokusatsu site that I go to frequently called oh, cool. uh, TV Nihon, and uh, Nihon. T- Nihon, yeah. Oh, cool. And uh, TV Nihon, they have like every common writer in existence, every uh, Super Sentai show. You know, if you're a big fan of the Power Rangers in America. Go watch these shows. They're way better. Yep. Um, the action is better. They're more adult yep. uh, themed. And they're um, kid shows still. Yeah, and they're still kid shows. Yep. Um, but that that's where you can uh, download it. And it's all free. Right. So Common Rider, uh, V3, which is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, of course, uh, you grew up with that as well, Professor Barry. Uh, you used to watch Kiku, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. When you were common writer, and then all those uh, all those yeah, other Chikaita guys, Kikaida, and, and yeah. So, do you guys remember an animated show from Japan called Leo the Lion? Yes, yes, I do. Watch that? Yes, I used to watch that. Not a fan. I was. How about Flying House? 
I never watched Flying House. I remember, I remember seeing yeah. commercials for it, but I never saw the show. I never itself. saw the show. I, think I, I had it on yeah. Nickelodeon at some point. It's crazy, yeah. crazy yeah. stuff. So TV Nihon, I can check it out yes. there. And what's it called? One more time. Uh, Ruroni Kenshin. Ruroni Kenshin. Um, the American audience probably knows it under the title Samurai X. Samurai X. Yes, yes Samurai X. Yes. All right, cool. Well, for me, I would say that uh, I'm going to try and uh, catch up with uh, with more with with more of those quirky television shows I wanted to, like Bates Motel. I have to catch up with Walking Dead, by the way. That's why I haven't been talking much about it. I haven't had a chance to sit down. I'm behind like three episodes. So from the last episode, Ugh, one man, part I tell you, stop it, stop <laughs> it. And now that I have to add Empire to the queue, <laughs> oh man, I tell you, it's gonna be heck. So no podcast next week, then. No podcast. You're gonna have it, to watch all these the, shows. The, the pod is happening. Nerd Watch Pod <laughs> happens. I gotta get it out there. But by the way, uh, Professor Barry. Uh, I'm going to leave these in your hands because oh. I will definitely lose them. Okay, thanks. Okay? Be careful. They away. were kind of ripped. Uh, they were ripped by accident, so just be okay. careful. But hold on to them. Do not lose them. I will not. All right. If you lose them, we're not going, and then we can blame you later. If for Bud them. gets a hold of my wallet, he will steal these. <laughs> I know. So leave them right uh, in there. It's for it's for the nerd watch. I, I leave it to you because you are the, the movie professor. Oh, thank you. Looking forward to that. All right. Fantastic. So am I. All right, guys. We are out of time. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, Amber will be joining us. She couldn't make it. Um, so uh, have a wonderful, yeah, have a wonderful week, boys and girls. Check us out at facebook.com slash the nerdwatch. Look at all of our of our reviews at MauiWatch.com and you can follow us on Twitter at uh, NerdWatchNation. That's where you can visit us as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, until then, we are your podcast, a nerdy podcast in the middle of the Pacific. The wonderful island of Maui is where we come from. So, uh, without further ado, we would like to wish all of you a wonderful week and a big aloha! Aloha!